Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. special Hanukkah episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. Uh, this is um, Miranda. I work here. And so does Julie. <laughs> I, I, volu- I volunteer here, actually. Well, we all do, really. <laughs> and Zane is at the table. I Zane? actually work here. Zane works here. Zane <laughs> uh, works here. So, thanks and, for that. And um, TNC. Uh, yeah. That's not canon. Always taking new podcasts. How many are there now, Zane? Six billion and twelve. Wow. Um, yes. At time of recording, officially on the network, we have 108. 108 different podcasts from all around the world. I can't stress this enough. The most recent one, or the second most recent one, is actually our first non English podcast, which I'm very excited about. (gasps) Wow. What language is it? Spanish. Welcome to our Spanish friends. I'm so excited for you and for the network and for all the quality content all our listeners can get across. Yeah, so if any if Spanish listeners are looking to like Listen migrate to, to Australia, oh. that, that's what the podcast is about. It's about oh, right. the um, the kind of the mental stress involved with immigration. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a rollicking good time. It is. It's very fun. And the, the ladies Speaking of a rollicking good time, we're going to talk about <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof today. We sure <laughs> Um, with our special oh guest, please welcome Rex J. Ablett. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Rex. How are you? I'm good. Very, very good. Thank you for having me. Long time listener, first time guest. Wow. Yes. I'm official excited. Official statistician of Statistician the of yeah. the podcast. Record keeper of the podcast. Um, Rex has diligently listened to every episode we've ever recorded, except for the Cats one, because who can possibly do that? Um, oh, patrons can. That's who can do that. Patrons can do that. Uh, but... But, um, and has actually can actually tell us how many times every show has been deleted. It's impressive. Um, it's so impressive. It's and something I'm so that impressed. I said I was going to do for a very long time and just never did. Didn't do it. And, and now, so I even don't if have Rex, to. even if Rex gives you the spreadsheet, you're still not going to do it. Oh no, <laughs> no. Still but that's okay. Well, be accurate Rex's up until now. today, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, we're gonna we're gonna test your stats right now. Um, each of us are going to. No one's prepared this. Uh, we're gonna name a show, and you're gonna tell us how many times it's been deleted. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> um, Love never dies. <laughs> Love Never Dies has been deleted uh, five times. Oh, that's got to be uh, up there. Uh, it's it's one of it's one of the better ones. Carousel, however, has only been deleted deleted once, which means people are more in favour of domestic violence than they are of sequels. So there's there's <laughs> that. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. I, I like mean, that you don't just provide the data. You actually <laughs> analyze it. Some analysis yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to go above and beyond for the Matiak crew. That's yeah. amazing. Mitmeek. Yeah. Wow. Mitmeek. Yeah. Mitmeek. Yeah. 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 Julie, do you have a show you'd like to? <sighs> know how much it's been hated of course i do rent <laughs> now rent is definitely my multiples. personal deletion yes, i think it, it might have been actually mm. yes it no you deleted phantom of the opera 
I deleted rent. Fair, yes, fair. We did. shared the load. Yeah, However, <laughs> Look, go on, Zane. Uh, I, I would like to. Well, no, give give the rent number because then I have another show that I would like to. There are mm. four times that rent has been deleted, and mm. that is that is not mm. enough in my opinion. Take but, that, but rent, mm, Team Benny. How many times <laughs> has uh, Mary Poppins been deleted? Uh, that is a good question. Let me have a look through my. Too many times. Mm. No, it has. It has. It definitely has. It has. It, it has. It I has. know who did it. Just once. Mm-hmm. It was me. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> you evil, horrible person. No, there it is. Episode my, two. My, my, my defense of that was that it didn't add anything to the story and it actually made it a little bit foggier and, and less enjoyable for me. Do you know what musical I think will have been deleted at least... At least as much as rent, Mamma Mia. Mm, yeah, that's mm. a, that is a good call. It's if definitely not more. It's definitely multiples. Where it sits is a good question. I love this. This is a fun way. game. It's great. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this is as fun to listen to as it is to play. It probably isn't. Maybe maybe we should we should. Uh, we might put the stats no. up. Do it. Do Mamma Mia has been deleted three times. Oh, so there you go. It's got yeah. some room to delete. Yeah. To be fair, I think a lot a few people have said that Mamma Mia is also their favorite. Ugh. They have. That's true. Well, let's not start yeah. tracking those numbers. No, we can't. Yeah. We can't I mean, Rex has only got so much time in a day. <laughs> Cle- um, clearly. <laughs> speaking of what Rex does in his days, we're going to spend a little time now to get to know you. Now, Miranda, I actually have a request. Seeing as this yes. is a special Hanukkah episode. Yes. I would like oh, no. <laughs> you to give me a Hanukkah present of oh, no. that that beautiful so little uh, rendition that you do. Yes. But I want, like... Mm. Bronze Age amounts of brass. I want Ethel Merman in oh, between hits of the crack pipe. Move Let's move the microphone. No, I'm just going to turn it turn you down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just as a special treat right. to me. Okay, here you go. Are you ready, Rex? Yeah, let's do it. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. That was that was beautiful. And see, now I want to tell you all about me. Even in Aww. a higher key for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to to get really get those trumpet tones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very brassy um, and warbly. I'm sorry about that, but you know it was not well prepared. Okay, um, now I feel really put on the spot. But um, oh, okay, you feel put on the yes, spot. Yes, I do. I don't know. I've never been so. <sighs> okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Mm. Let's do it. We're going to do the quiz. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Billy Flynn from Chicago. Nice. Wow. Yes. Yes. How yeah. is your tap dancing? Uh, my tap dancing is not bad. Um, I think I'm more sizzle than steak, and I think probably there's a perception that it's all bluster and not much to be able to back it up. A lot of um, razzle dazzle. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Right. But it's only a perception. I. Uh, it can be accurate. <laughs> D- depends how many drinks Rexy's had. So. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll look forward to that a little later. <laughs> um, which musical character would you like other people to compare you to? I actually had a really good think about this because there are a lot of great characters that have a lot of depth and a lot of great characters that, that go on an incredible journey maybe a story of redemption or something like that but then I remembered Spider-Man is in the canon and <laughs> it's Spider-Man so Spider-Man um, there are a lot of a lot of actors who play Spider-Man within mm. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark that great musical that we all love some of um, them still living yeah, is, do, you, do you find oh that an issue that, you know, sometimes superheroes don't make it? Well, Are you the, willing to I risk mean, your life? I, I'm, I'm the character, right? It's not yeah. dream role. So no, I'm, if I'm right. the character. You're the character. Then I'm, Are you willing to accept this great the responsibility? possibility that you may die. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, Dr. Octopus <laughs> has, has had a few cracks at me, so. Okay. You know. All right. No, that was a very it. glib way of accepting this this. this well, with great, great power comes great responsibilities, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. This is the lesson Absolutely. that I've learned. <laughs> um, cool. 
What is your dream role? Okay, so I'm definitely aged out for this. This the, the bald spot is too big at this point. Peter but Pan. No. <laughs> I, I'd love that too. But actually, riff from uh, from West Side Story. Um, I actually come from the world of classical ballet originally, so the dance roles have always been appealing to me. I did not know that. And See, the a, getting to know you segment involves learning things about Rex. <laughs> and there is actually a practical element to it as as well, because without wanting to spoil the story, uh, you get to spend a significant portion of the second act off stage. The the one thing is, I would have as a writer in my contract that I'm allowed to get out of costume and out of makeup. Just during that period, uh, come on stage for the curtain call, uh, you know, in street clothes. So just so it's a convenient, convenient exit. Yeah. I realise yeah. this is sort of like diva riff, but uh, you know, that's it's my dream role, so I can I dream. can do it. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yep. Cool. All right. We have no, question. no one has anything to say about that. Um, Julie often comments about she loves roles that don't survive the show or I mean I wouldn't a good be in portion street clothes I'd be home already I'd be at home <laughs> so you're not coming out to I bow like for your adoring no. ones hologram no, to bow for me and I'll just zoom in like that's not what I'm about yeah yeah yeah. Okay. just have to get someone else to bow with like yeah. a cut out of your yeah. face in front of them I don't need the applause I need the bedtime <laughs> and a bottle of wine that's all I need that's great uh, what's your favourite Sondheim show okay I was going to do the easy thing and say West Side Story but I actually sat down and, and watched every Sondheim so that I could do this properly. You thoroughly researched yeah. the question. That and, has and to actually, be a lie. And actually, <laughs> Evening Primrose. And I'll tell you why. Interesting. I think it's fascinating and it obviously takes you like a long way back. For me, I was going to tell a joke if KB was here about how we've all fantasised over mannequins, Zac Efron being a living mannequin, what have you. <laughs> uh, Miranda and I are still here. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, you know. I've looked up Evening Primrose and I've just got a lot of flowers. I I just, I, and it's not necessarily the music, it's just the concept of somebody. I've always wanted to do that, right? Stay overnight in a department store and see oh, everything. Oh, so it's Mannequin, the musical. Toy Stories. It's not horror. So it's not as good as Mannequin, no. the musical. Can I ask? Can I ask? Because you've done the stats on this as well. Has anyone ever said that that's their favourite sometime? Patrick Aiken mentioned it once. Yeah. But, 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 uh, Holy Moses. <laughs> but no, no, nobody's it actually. It's a musical with a book by James Goldman and lyrics and music by Stephen Sondheim based on the John Collier short story published in 1951. So it's not just a musical Fancies about vitamins and good that help when you have cramps. No. Oh. No, not at all. Weird. How? How strange. So um, it's also been there. produced as a US television series for the ABC, so you might be able to find a 1966 TV <laughs> series. Interesting. Ah, oh, there you go. Somebody find that. You find it. I will find it. <laughs> you. Because <laughs> <laughs> people can see me pointing on the medium of radio. Are a very visual medium. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. What is your go-to fa- um, shower song? Okay. These days, don't really sing much in the shower. Um, more of a bath man. But when <laughs> I was in university, we used to have a very like dodgy house. And one of the panels on the, the shower door would rattle whenever a vehicle would drive past. And I was convinced that I was a bass. I'm, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a baritone. I've come to accept that in my, my older years. But, um, but I was convinced that I was going to get those low notes. And I thought, if I can get the shower screen to rattle. So it was just renditions of things like... Uh, Old Man River. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe Hill, uh, Wandering Star, you know... All those kinds of things. It, it never happened, um, but a man can dream. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck in pursuing this dream. Thank you. I have to move back in. <laughs> <laughs> just turn up at their house. Hey, just need to sing in the. Okay. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's Delete your turn. A musical Rex. Do it. Delete something. All right. Now we are we operating because I have two answers depending on the parameters. Are we operating under Zane parameters or Miranda parameters? Oh wow. I'm gonna let you delete whatever you like. All right. I'm going to delete Phantom of the Opera. 
simply hey. because with the time travel paradox, that takes care of the answer to the question, how do you solve a problem like Love Never Dies? Right. I can get rid of two musicals with, with, one, one, with one answer. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I, love I, it. I feel like you're cheating the system, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. You literally just allowed it. You're not allowed to feel like he's cheating the system. No, I, you're cheating the system, but it's fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine. <laughs> if it was under because I'm, I'm also on the board of if you delete Mamma Mia, that's great because then we never get Mamma Mia too. Fair. Yeah. All right. If it was Zane's parameters, I would have said The Lion King and How Do You Solve a Problem Like Mufasa just because mm-hmm. I could then go back and write it myself and make the hundreds of millions of... Of course, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, because you would remember it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So you're using the time machine to your advantage in this situation. Uh, when you do the movie remake of the, the live action, um, butts or no butts? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with butts. Yeah, that's Correct the right answer. answer. I, I, think, I think more importantly, Beyonce or no Beyonce? Uh, more Beyonce. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thanks for playing the music, Zane. It was great. Loved it. You're very welcome. And thank you, Benedict Braxton Smith III, for composing said music. Um, It's time. It's time to talk about tradition and everything that is Fiddler on the Roof. Now, can I just say, first off, not one of my favourite shows, but I am willing to be converted. Okay. Okay? I'm willing to be convinced that this is great. I feel like this sits in this little pocket of shows that is a great show that just gets done badly too often. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say? Now, this is one of your favourite shows, isn't it, Julie? It's not one of my favourite shows. It was just the very first ever musical 16-year-old Julie ever did. Cute. Yeah. It's nostalgic, nostalgic. which, incidentally, is what a lot of the show is about, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Nostalgia is... A a bit of a glib way of saying it. It's definitely about tradition and wanting the traditions to live on. Looking back and calling it nostalgia now is a little bit off colour just because it is kind of about... More than that. ...religion and culture being overwritten by political, um, uh, I guess, political uh, grandeur and and edict. Okay. Well, let's talk more about it with our guest, Rex, who's brought the show to us. So why did you bring us Fiddler on the Roof? I'm a huge fan of Fiddler on the Roof. When I saw the opportunity to come and do it with you guys, I thought that's something that I feel like I could actually contribute something to the conversation and add some analysis and some depth to it. Um, For me, it's more relevant now probably than it has been for 10 years. Um, I think the current socio-political climate, particularly in the West, uh, lends itself to the the show being as important as it's ever been. Um, Yeah, so that's that's why I wanted to be able to have an opportunity to have a chat with you guys and explore some ideas. Cool. Well, now I'm interested. You've piqued my interest. 
Didn't take long. Didn't take long. (laughs) It doesn't take much with me, to be honest. Um, So we're going to do the two-minute plot. Are you ready for that? It's the elevator pitch. We just want the plot. Tell us who the characters are and what's going on. Are you timing the scene? I sure can. Okay. Deep breath, everybody. Here it comes. (gasps) Fiddler on the roof in two minutes. And go. Fiddler on the roof is set in a shtetl in Russia at the turn of the 20th century, and it tells the story of a poor milkman named Tevye. A husband and a father to five daughters, Tevye found himself conflicted and increasingly torn between two competing needs. One, to practice and maintain the traditions of his ancestry, which he believes have kept his people safe for generations. And two, to give his three eldest daughters the lives they've always wanted in allowing them to marry for love. This is made significantly more difficult by forces outside his community, forces of intolerance, hatred, determined to change his life and that of his family forever. Wow. Crushed that was it. literally 30 seconds. Actually crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So what actually happens during this? We, um, there's a lot of love found and love lost um, and toing and froing. There's an interesting dream sequence and we all know I love that in, a, in a show. Um, and where do all the characters end up at the end? Sure. I just want to quickly reframe the thinking about the musical just before we get into it. I think there's a sort of, lack of a better word, traditional way of looking at Fiddler where people see Tevye as a, as a character as having his objective being to maintain the tradition and the obstacle being his daughter's behaviour, for lack of a better word, or daughter's choices. They're modern yeah. I want to reframe that and okay. I want to say that it's actually stronger in terms of his hero's journey if you look at his overall objective is to, I mean, this is a man motivated by the happiness of those he loves, mm. to find those moments for his children and he's actually the obstacle is the tradition is yeah. the thing getting in yeah. the way of that and the, and the change so when you frame it like that you can sort of compartmentalize it into Tevye's relationship with each character as it goes along the way and becomes more and more difficult for him to to do these these things these cultural practices these rituals and and what have you um so in terms of the actual plot it starts out with uh, Tevye speaking sort of directly to the audience he is uh, he's framed as separate from from the story and talks about how the the the, the actual idea of a fiddler on the roof being quite like everybody in their community uh, in that uh, it requires a lot of balancing uh, and uh, they go into a number called tradition uh, where they where they discuss that in uh, in uh, in detail uh, some people have termed that song exposition because it does get a little expository uh, but <laughs> I don't know what also, you're talking about it's also a little bit like and now introducing the cast yeah, da, yeah. Da, da, da. very much so and I think that is maybe one of the few areas as a storytelling device where Fiddler doesn't hold up I think in other areas it holds up really really nicely considering it was 64 I think mm. it, um, it uh, debuted um, so from there we we learn a little bit more about uh, 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 the, sort of the broader community there's a matchmaker who comes to Tevye's house uh, to discuss with Tevye's wife Golda um, about a proposal that Laser Wolf the town butcher has made for their oldest daughter Zytel uh, and uh, as this is all going on, they're getting ready for the Sabbath, which is obviously an important uh, ritual in, in Jewish tradition. Uh, and uh, they they sort of discuss the idea of uh, the oldest daughter, although she's much younger than the butcher, uh, going on to to marry him. Obviously, the daughters aren't best pleased with this, and they sing a song about it. Uh, <laughs> as you do, as you do, yes. Uh, when you're like, get me a fresh one. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not the title of the song. It's what is the title of the song, Julie? Don't get me a fresh one. <laughs> Matchmaker, matchmaker, matchmaker. Get me a fresh one. If it was in, yeah, if it's done somewhere. <laughs> Even in that song, though, you see their opinions change. They, so they start seem to start off saying, 
um, you know, find me an, a nice young man yeah. who'll be nice to me. Um, just go out and get me a match. And by the end Perfect of it, match. they're sort of saying, but you know what? Take take your time. It's okay. Mm. When no one's in a hurry here, mm. it'll... Um... It's, that's literally almost word for word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in a rush. Maybe no I've rush. learned. Yeah. Playing with matches a girl Sometimes it burned. doesn't always work out, yeah. Perhaps the eldest daughter as well is a little more conscious of, of the function socially of the, the matchmaker. Yeah. And, and it's a little bit romantic sized in the eyes of the younger daughters it's like oh you know you know, find a wonderful match but then Zatul the eldest sort of says you know but there are these potential issues with it and you know you have no say in it so it sort of takes the autonomy out of because yeah. there's actually five daughters there are yes so it wasn't the youngest youngest that but it's the no, youngest sorry. of the three eldest correct yeah the two youngest, the youngest ones are youngest essentially youngest would be she like eight <laughs> Uh, so from there, um, uh, we have our, our first scene where Tevye speaks directly with, uh, with God, which is a, a running uh, theme throughout the show, um, and sort of asks, why would it, would it make such a difference to your grand design of the universe uh, if, I were, if I were rich? A question we, I ask on the daily. And, uh, and, and then obviously well covered by Gwen Stefani many years, many years later. Um, it is, oh, yeah, I'm still not mad about, about that, that Rick, if I'm no, honest. I'm not mad about that. It's cra- it'll come up it? in top fives, it will. Yeah. You know. um, <laughs> uh, uh, and it is worth noting as well, I actually just was thinking about this because I was re-watching the movie today, just kind of getting in the f- sort of the fiddler mood. Um, and uh, that, that God is actually Tevye's only real friend in yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, I Aww. think that's really interesting because he's got no... You know, I, I think that that is a big part of the Tevye character is that he's bearing all this responsibility for all the characters and the characters don't always recognise that he feels responsible for all of them. Mm. Um, I think that's that's a big part of where he goes in in the whole text um because this is this is based on a story called tevia the dairyman or tevia and his daughters um written by sholem alchem which i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly but hopefully i did look it up um <clears throat> now sholem alchem or solomon Naumovich uh, Rabinovich, which is his real name. Shalom Alakem is a pseudonym, which means go with the grace of God, I want to say. Uh, no, may peace be upon you. Um, he actually started writing a stage adaptation of this before he died. Um, then this was turned into a movie by the Yiddish Filmic Association. Uh, yes. Yiddish Art Theatre, sorry, made a film in the 30s. Uh, then the, in the 50s, a musical based on the stories called Tevye and His Toys was produced off-Broadway by Arnold Pearl. And Rodgers and Hammerstein <gasps> briefly considered bringing the musical to Broadway. Thank God they didn't. Thank um, you, God. But then they didn't. <laughs> I, I feel like they, they would have tried but not dealt with it We would well. have had a very, very, very different racist version of Fiddler. I feel like Yiddish South Pacific. It would be awful. Yeah. yeah. Yiddish Porgy and Bess. <laughs> oh boy, that was Gershwin. <laughs> but still, like the, the um, yeah, yeah. people not involved with the community bringing it, bringing yeah. a community and story. I think, I think that's key as well. Is the the storytelling is 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 comes from like an authentic voice, mm. uh, which is obviously a discussion that's happening a lot currently within the theatre industry. And I think media more generally. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, even at the time, like it was, people were worried that it was going to be in inverted commas too too Jewish. 
Um, yeah, in, which is what the they said about Seinfeld as well. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly right. Um, <laughs> it worked for Seinfeld, and I but, suppose it worked for But then you have the Jewish community thinking that because it's going to go on Broadway, it's going to be too sanitised, it's going to be not dealing with it genuinely enough. But so Broadway's I, famous for being <laughs> run with the money of the Jewish community. But not for telling their stories. Oh, interesting. But uh, I do have a quote here. It's a, it's a good quote. Um, not a not a bad review. So the opposite of bad review with Julie, this is good times with Zane. Well, I just wanted to quote Philip Roth from the New Yorker, who basically did like an analysis of um, Fiddler on the Roof. So he coined the phrase uh, "shtetl kitsch," <laughs> um, uh, and it says that, for example, portrays the local Russian officer as sympathetic instead of being brutal and cruel. Um, and and as Sh- Shalom Alchem had described him, Alchem's stories ended with Tevia alone, his wife dead and his daughter scattered. Um, at the end of Fiddler, the family members are alive and most are emigrating together to America. Ooh. So that the show found the right balance for the time, even if not entirely authentic, it became one of the first popular post-Holocaust depictions of the vanished world of Eastern European Jewry. Just I don't know if that word is okay, I'm sorry if it is not, but it is. That's a direct quote from Philip Roth. I really enjoy maybe the darker version of Fiddler that we have there. Maybe, his wife maybe, but that—that's kind of and children scattered, which realistic because we we talk about that all the time when we have adaptations on Broadway yeah. and then kind of lessening the text yeah. to bring it to this medium. Um, Let's have yeah. sad Fiddler at the end. I like that. <laughs> I mean, it. it's not, not particularly happy. happy. At the end now, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think perhaps the loss is more personal to Tevia the way it happens in the stage show. Mm. Uh, they're able to sort of give it some sort of sense of life, I guess, um, in terms of his relationship with his daughters, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Do we want a bad review with Julie to follow that? Sure. Well, I still haven't found out what happened to all the daughters. Oh, yes. Oh. Well, well, we are well past two minutes. I just want to put that out there. But yes, what happens? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, we finished we were, that. We oh, finished yeah. the two minutes and, and now it's just Miranda <laughs> asking more questions. <laughs> As she's want to do in the lengthy episodes hosted by Miranda, please enjoy. Uh, quick breakdown, though. What happens to all the daughters? Uh, one of them uh, emigrates to America. One of them we sort of don't really know what happens to. Um, there's some sort of stories talked about her. And the other one uh, ends up sort of leaving with Tevye. Um, uh, this is the three the three eldest, of course. Uh, one of them ends up leaving with Tevye to, a, to we have no idea, um, something possibly quite, quite awful. Somewhere. Yeah, displaced. So they don't all get married in the end. There's a big triple wedding and um, a Broadway but There is ending. a wedding in there. That makes is there? Yeah. Yes. With a great bottle dance. <laughs> a bottle dance? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they dance with bottles on their heads. On their heads. On their knees. Like they do in um, Spamalot. Sure. It's probably <laughs> this is sexual from this. Spamalot that is clearly a ripoff of um, uh, probably that part of Fiddler. <laughs> yes, where they dance with holy grails. Upon their heads. Yep, there we go. That'll be a rip. No, that's a direct (laughs) ripoff. Yep, direct ripoff. So, Fiddler was nominated for 10 Tonys. Tony, Tony, Tony. One nine. Oh, well done. uh, Best musical score, book, uh, best direction, choreography. Uh, Zero Mustel won for Best Leading Actor and uh, Karnalova for Featured Actress. Um, Zero Mustel uh, um, also did Forum, right? Yes. Because... uh, 
Sigilis. Because I was listening to the soundtrack, particularly that opening yeah. is a lot like the opening of Forum. Very much in so. In form. Like mm. they're, they're set up the same, the um, whole tradition thing and the opening of Forum. And hearing it in that, in his voice, I was like, I was <laughs> genuinely confused. A fiddler on the Forum. Yeah. It was like, eh, what has funny thing happened on the way to the roof? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> and that might be um, Miranda's best joke ever. But the <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> that one Tickled me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but obviously the uh, tone changed quite dramatically <laughs> after that um, and it was quite different. But um, I, I can see how there are interests, like similarities mm. between those two very different character types. Yeah. Um, obviously. Well, it is It is like usually a, a woe me yeah. opening. It's an I want. <laughs> so, what you, there's a very there's a very clear everyone gets an I want at the beginning of the yeah. show. And in fact, I, I would wager, correct me if you think that I'm wrong, but they're the best known songs from this show are the first three songs that happen. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely say that, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, that's, so that's, I think that's fair. Tradition, matchmaker, 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 and if I were and a rich man, were a rich man. Yeah. Um, I I think if you walked up to Le Public and said, "Hey, name me a song from Fiddler," you it would be rich you man. You wouldn't I get think. one of those. That was the one that I knew before I got into musical theatre. Yeah, I would know if I were a rich man. It's just interesting that it's the three so I, I want introduction <laughs> yeah. songs right yeah. at the beginning. <clears throat> Do you think it's because they're clearer and more easily understood than when we start getting into songs that are actually linked to the storyline and, and don't really stand on their own in the same way? Maybe. That's a good question. Um, perhaps because there's less the, – the, the narratives haven't complicated – you know, you're thinking about them. It's just simple to introduce them that mm. way with with what what they want out of life. Uh, it's probably fair to say that of, of all musicals, I guess. Because most shows, you people would know the act one closing number, yeah, and the finale or the eleven o'clock number, yeah. And I couldn't pick in this show what those were. Well, it gets very depressing towards the mm. end. There's not really an eleven o'clock. <laughs> I guess yeah. maybe far from the home I love would be the eleven o'clock. I guess so. But see again, like that that format usually works in musical comedies where I don't I think this is actually written a little bit off format for that sort for that sort of musical it's a, at that time of writing yeah. this was a big ask for mm. audiences yeah, to shift yeah, away from that but that, uh, that could format. also be why the first three songs are the ones They're everyone like, knows because yeah. people feel okay about like it this little... is a comedy <laughs> I'm sad now like what if end. you were rich <laughs> I want to be rich we can connect on that <laughs> I think the other one that always stands out to me is uh, Sunrise, Sunset. Oh, yeah. It's just... That's parodied a lot, too. Really? Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. It's it's just really beautiful, that entire, like, wedding scene. Just the acknowledgement of sort of you know, time moving. It's it's the one time in the show where Tevi actually acknowledges that things do indeed need to change. Um, yeah, he's just not able to keep up with his own thinking later on. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to happen right before interval. Yeah. <laughs> I find the wedding to be a particular banger. Yeah. I love it. Not the wedding. I'm lying. The dream sequence. Oh, yes, yes. Like, is this the one where 
Sarah wants to voices? Yeah, for yeah. the Sarah. And yeah. <laughs> Guess mm. what I've prepared? Go on, pop quiz. Okay. Oh, no. Two questions. Yeah. Number one question. Now, I'm not saying the Fiddler did not deserve the Tony in the year that it won. Oh. I would like any of you to name one other musical that was on, that was nominated that year. In 65. 65. It was released in 64. It was That was made it valid for the 65. She loves me. No. I'm going to say this is a tough question and you would need to have done your research to get well clearly well, we didn't <laughs> well maybe rex i don't know rex, rex has done is a lot of homework uh, yeah um i i honestly don't know is it something lloyd webber no, no that's too far back right? i have heard of one of these musicals and i could not name you a song from it uh oh, the boy. other three that were nominated were golden boy half a sixpence oh i've heard of that one. which is the one that i've heard of and oh what a lovely war oh what a lovely war does the rounds in amateur circles a lot okay does but, it yeah yeah oh it used to like amateur Maybe. amateur amateur circles yeah right amateur 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 circles yeah amateur amateur, amateur <clears throat> circles. it turns up is my point um and my question, my second question, my follow-up on my pop quiz is: How many times has Fiddler been revived? A million? No. Now it is almost the most revived musical ever. Now we have had this discussion before, and sure Fiddler did come up, so I have told you the exact number before this moment. Oh, but I don't listen to you. I, I want to say fifteen. It's got to be around that. I so this is specifically on Broadway. Oh, right, right. Four. Uh, no, it's more than four, surely. Oh, it's four. The, the most Definitely. revived Not musical. The new Yiddish version. <laughs> the most oh, revived the musical version. is actually six. Um, yes, I believe. If it's on Broadway, that then yes, this Broadway. is counted. The 2018 one? Yiddish was off Broadway. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this has been revived five times. Wow. I was so close. Yeah, you so there, there, are, there are a group of musicals that are just behind six times that could um, kind of jump up and take that. But yeah, so it, it, it has been very popular on Broadway. 2021. Ever since. Fiddler remake. Look. <laughs> Revival. We're due. You know, <laughs> you, we were joking. We were joking about, uh, I think it was last episode, we were joking about the Legally Blonde remake and the political climate. I think Fiddler re- Revival is a lot next more likely. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, the oh, next, actually, it's oh, two next episodes, episodes in oh, the future. Okay, well, we're talking um, in yeah. the future about <laughs> Legally Blonde. Uh, <laughs> it, will, it will be a great conversation. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Uh, you can all look forward to that in two weeks' time in our special... Look, I tell you, we've got like a holiday set here. Yeah. Um, because, of course, next week, show comes out on Chris Me. Chris Me. Chris That's me. just for Julie. Um, it'll be Chris, a Christmas episode um, on Christmas Day. Um, and we do something very special for you, and I'm not going to spoil it because it's amazing. And then on New Year's Day, our Legally Blonde episode, which is... And, of course, this, the favorite. last day of Hanukkah in 2020, where yes, we're doing we're Fiddler, doing on, the Fiddler on the Roof. Are so we ready for a bad review with Julie yet? That's I my am. real question. <laughs> I'm, I'm never ready for a bad review with Julie. <laughs> These ones, would you like to join me in song? I would love to join you in song. It's Bad Reviews with Julie. You didn't join I don't in. know this. Uh, see, you That's just sing bad. whatever, I thought, literally I th- whatever you want. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Bad Reviews with Julie. That's a little bit better than it usually is. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> no offence, KB. Um, but also. Uh, okay, so this is... Uh, I don't know how this is formatted or what... This, fit to me, seems like audience feedback. Okay. Of... Um, it's from Las Vegas Theatre, your independent guide to the best shows in Las Vegas, right? 
to. Wait, someone took Fiddler to Vegas? That's Please tell me it's like a spectacular, spectacular Fiddler where it's actually performed on the roof or something. Which is hilarious because I've just scrolled past a five-star review that says spectacular. (laughs) But that's not the ones we're going to be reading. I'm going to scroll a little further down the page to where we get some The Restar reviews. Oh, dear. Lose your job with Uber if you have three stars. You <laughs> That's would. Bad. Um, so this is from – I'll read you a couple because they're quite short. This is a three-star review, Anita Clark from Hartford, Connecticut, Fiddler on the Roof. Love the first half of the show. Was very bored after intermission and disappointed to not see a better moment of the fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like I didn't get my money's worth. <laughs> we, a friend and myself, left the show, which I had seen twice a while back, feeling – that's it? That's her review. Wow. That's like someone saying there wasn't enough ocean in South Pacific. Like, <laughs> it's the title. It's not the gimmick. I think, I'm like, oh does she God. mean Tevia? <laughs> or does she mean Fiddler? I have questions. Um, this three-star review from Laura from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yenta was horrible. What? I have been to many plays and I have never felt the need to provide a review. But I must say that Yenta was horrible in this play. She also keeps calling it a play. Yenta is a character, Zane. No, I know. (laughs) She actually ruined the play for me. Her timing was consistently off. At times it seemed like someone had to remind her that it was her time to speak. And it seemed like she was reading her lines. She is a key character and her awful acting really took you out of the play. I actually have never been to a play where I thought an actor was so bad. The The other characters were good. I thought the ending could have been much stronger. Some of the harmonies were fantastic and the dancing was excellent. Please replace this actress with someone who can act or at least relate to the character. Until then, I cannot actually—I actually cannot recommend that you attend this play. Her performance is that off-putting. Wow, that—that's rude. That is someone who really dislikes that person. Yeah, that seems—that seems, that seems <laughs> I mean, personal. Yeah, who hurt you? Whoa. <laughs> that actress, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's, this is actually great, and I think very. this will be what I do before I go to bed tonight, is just scroll through these. There's another one entitled Oy Vey, <laughs> uh, phoning it in. <laughs> Fiddler takes a hike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bland and underwhelming. Average high school performance. Oh, is is this a high school performance <laughs> in Vegas? I, I don't, I don't think so. Otherwise, they wouldn't like this. Can't be the parents of these students reviewing this. <laughs> Maybe they just have a real. My really, kid didn't get Tevier. Yeah, <laughs> really competitive. Let parents. me just read you. Does this show have uh, your junior version. on the roof? Junior. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, That's wow. a junior version. I don't, is it very different? I, I have never ever it done anything first related songs. to it, but I know there is a junior version of Fiddle on the Roof. It does the Into um, the Woods just ends at interval. You'd have to end wedding like three happy. songs. Everyone's in. good. Um, so let me just read you one one star. One more, and then because I don't think we've ever on. had a one star review. Uh, this is from Catherine Hayden from Boston, Massachusetts. Wow, naming and shaming. They, I named all of them. Did you? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> Thanks for not listening. Uh, This review is called No, No, No. What I witnessed tonight was a catastrophe of of a modern classic. The entire production felt lifeless, forced, and overall just poorly coordinated. What was underwhelmed by not only the singing choreography, but also the lackluster feeling of emotion that seemed to be portrayed from drab sets. Wow. Travelled to the city with my mother for a well-needed girls' night. Thought this rendition of the play of the play we terrible we had a wonderful time laughing at who signed off on such a production of such a well-loved theater piece upon leaving while an elevator 
Ah, this woman, tell you now. Upon leaving, while in an elevator, in the parking garage, an unknown woman by herself asked us if we had just seen Fiddler, to which we responded to her, yes. Her reply, well, that was long, nothing more to be said. (laughs) I'm I'm just like... (laughs) I feel like Les Mis has that exact review as well. These reviews are so much more entertaining. If you're imagining the parents going to see a high school musical (laughs) and leaving these reviews. (laughs) Very. (laughs) It's it's the old, hey, we stayed for your kids. Yeah. (laughs) Closed. Um, Oh, by the way, this closed June 9th, 2019. This was only last year. One day after it opened. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shall we Um, move on? I, I would just like uh, to spend a moment on the lengthy list of parodies. Fiddler is one of the most parodied because the, the music is so recognisable, but it really is just a few songs that get parodied over and over again. As we were talking about before, it's If I Were a Rich Man, it's Matchmaker, um, and various versions of Fiddler on the Roof being either taken literally or um, swapped <laughs> out. Uh, there's a bit of a chat here about a skit um, where the fiddler has a fear of heights and so he is a fiddler on the chair. Um, <laughs> a Family Guy episode included <sighs> William Shatner depicted as playing Tevya in a scene from Fiddler, which I think will come up again in the casting segment. Uh, <laughs> um, in The Muppets, Garth Brooks uh, did If I Were a Rich Man While Kicking Chickens Off a Roof. I hate all what? of the above. <laughs> Yes. That sounds awful. That sounds I don't want Garth touching either musical theatre or my chickens. <laughs> I don't even have any chickens. Uh, Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire parodies Matchmaker. Oh, with um, who's he with? In Harvey Feinstein. Harvey Feinstein. That's a fantastic pair. Um, it makes a few appearances in The Nanny. Um, Community, or like the list Everything. just goes on and yeah. on and on. And of course, we sp- spoke about spam a lot before, but I just want to bring up my favorite um, fiddler reference, mm-hmm. which was the cast, the original, um, oh, sorry, what was it? Yeah, the original Broadway cast of Avenue Q performing with the 2004 revival cast of Fiddler on the Roof, an all new musical called Avenue Jew. And it's the best thing ever. <laughs> And you should all watch it. It's on the YouTube's. Look, I'll, li- we'll I'll link, link it, it in I'll the, link notes. It the show notes. Um, it's it's un- it's like eight minutes and something, so it's very short. And you'll thank me. All right. Anything else you wanted to tell us, Rex, about Fiddler? Uh, just really quickly, when you just mentioned uh, high school productions, uh, there was actually a tidbit that I read just the other day. Um, it's one of the first examples, actually, of uh, quote-unquote colorblind casting that was oh. signed off on by the creators. In 68-69 school year in Brownsville, Texas, there was an all-black Puerto Rican version of Fiddler that was performed. Cool. And it created so much outrage that there were riots that the police had to come and quell. I'm so- Who was outraged? <sighs> White people. White people. Who else? Jewish <laughs> white people. No, I would assume just regular oh, Protestant. Some, some Catholic Orthodox Jews people. were worried that it might be a. Um, it might sort of. They uh, might have been making fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But but the um, no no the uh, the riots were good old white folk. Yeah. Good old white folk with their. Gosh, they're annoying. <laughs> Bomb threats and evangelism. Yeah. White folk, be better. <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about the lessons we've learned from Fiddler. What did Fiddler teach us about playing on the roof? All, nothing about that. 
<laughs> it requires balance. Rex told us that earlier. Why weren't you listening? Why wouldn't you just cram your butt cheeks either side of the roof? Like if it's a it's a steepled roof, you know? Good to go. Okay, let's move on quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it taught me majority of Yiddish words that I know. <laughs> Have you listened to the full soundtrack in Yiddish? I haven't, but I do Available want on Spotify? To. Is it? Oh, yes, yeah, it you is. probably linked it in the email that I ignored. <laughs> oh, wow. I said, yay. Let's move on to the lessons <laughs> Rex learnt because they're probably better. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily are any better, but we'll give them a try. Uh, to uh, One thing that I learnt from Feather on the Roof is to ultra tradition takes time. There's a generational shift and it requires a critical mass of support. Mm. Uh, and I think that's when I was saying before that it's reflected, I think, more now than ever when you look at the trans rights movement, particularly yes. within minorities. When you look back a few years at uh, marriage equality uh, here in Australia, but uh, globally, I think is, mm. is fair to say, is the shift in thinking to, to sort of, without wanting to sound derogative, normalisation in terms mm. of, you know, uh, where the cent- centre sat on these things um, uh, it absolutely shifted and that was when things were able to happen. People had to care uh, when it didn't Im- directly impact them yes. um, and, uh, and that takes time to shift those kinds of traditions. And I think as well uh, on top of that that equality and equitable outcomes for minorities and for all people is always going to be a fight that yeah. needs to continue to have uh, people on, on side and tradition is important but so is change. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this this show definitely also through the the metaphor of tradition has a lot to say about culture and how culture is stays relevant throughout generations and why the, and how there is a reason for culture that isn't necessarily present in the traditions until they're examined and so it says something about the examination of the younger generation of tradition. Mm. Um, and I think that is something that we haven't really approached because there are, there aren't a lot of musicals that strictly deal with a culture the way that Fiddler deals with the Yiddish and the Jewish culture um, in in a very tragic way, but also in in a, really an examination of what a day in the life of this culture in this p- place was. Yeah, um, and I think that probably comes down to the Broadway culture being yeah. its own thing. Mm. And like you were saying before, you know, when if Rodgers and Hammerstein had picked this up, <laughs> it would have been very different and we probably wouldn't be saying nice things about it but um the fact that it's it's written in the voice of that culture Mm. is what makes it work and so until you you open opportunity yeah you know equally or you know whatever to a lot of different cultural backgrounds then you're not going to see that and that's um you know there's Lin-Manuel Miranda's work is starting to yeah. you know, do yeah. similar things for for some sub-portions of, of what has become the New York Broadway. Yeah. Again, that's very, like, contemporary culture. I think yeah. maybe maybe another, like, example might be Once Upon This Island, kind of mm. dealing with a, with, a, with a culture in a very upbeat way, <laughs> but also an educational way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, it's, it, I think this is something that we could do to see a lot more of. Um, you need the writers to write it. I know. And that's the thing. You need the writers the to be allowed to, to write it and yes. be commissioned to write it yes. um, from those cultures. So please, producers, there is a want for that from me specifically. Zane says yes. Zane will pay. I, look, I look. the very second <laughs> I have enough money to commission a piece, I definitely will be commissioning a piece. Uh, capitalism be damned. Uh, what other lessons have we learned? Wow. Um, I guess. 
guess I learned a lot about Jewish culture, like in terms of things like the Sabbath and um, uh, I guess there's a lot to be learned in the wedding as well. It's explicit, isn't it? I yeah. mean, this is, this is the I mean, thing. It doesn't dance around no. it. it. It really gets into the meat of what <laughs> the actual rituals are within the funny, culture. Because there's a lot know? in the singing about specifically dancing. There is. Yes. And dancing around things. Yes, yes. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Uh, one thing that uh, it taught me was that um, you can use uh, sort of a less is more approach to to movement to really effectively drive narrative. I think um, Fiddler is actually the, one of the most effective examples of using sort of naturalistic uh, uh, motivations for dance on stage uh, to progress the narrative. I, I actually didn't realise this until much more recently, but it was... Um, uh, oh, God, his name has slipped my mind. Uh, West Side Story. Jerome Robbins. Jerome Robbins. Jerome Robbins. That was uh, impressive. Who, um, Miranda's impressive I don't think Miranda well. even knew she was answering a question. She just, <laughs> just channeled the answer. It was beautifully done, honestly. <laughs> it was it was gorgeous. And thank you for covering my... <clears throat> no, my, to be perfectly honest, I had been just slightly distracted and just came back in at this moment where I was being looked at and asked for that. Anyway, let's it all was, move on. It was it was Robbins and, and he took the approach in choreographing it that he didn't want it to be extravagant, overly choreographed numbers. That um and yeah, just there are ways to, to do that, to use dance in a in a more naturalistic way. Yeah. Mm. Performance. And it helps that, that that culturally there was material to work with. Mm. You know, it's, it would be very difficult. I also think that there is something to be said for the amount of times that this has been revived in so many different forms and how it always seems to have something relevant to say about the time in which it is being revived and restaged. Um, So, yeah, probably above and beyond the specific cultural references. Gee, you know, guys, we need to keep learning the same lesson over and over again. You want to... Yeah. Yep. Maybe start picking it up a little quicker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, not a lesson I've learned, but I guess a realization I had this week. I was thinking to myself, just there's not many Russian musicals. It's like musicals set in Russia. And then I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Fiddler, Anastasia, Dr. Chicago, Great Comet. What was Chess. the other? Chess. I was like, oh, Chess never is, mind. There's Chess a top five. There's just a Russian guy in there. Yeah. Yeah. Just a, well, you know, but his, his homeland goes with and him. That's the point of that song, right? <laughs> there is yeah. another one in there as well that I was like, oh, also set in Russia. I was like, oh, turns out it's quite turns a few. <laughs> Is that is that it's all? It's probably the... more set in Russia than set in Australia, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. I can only think of two. Yeah. And on that note, let's cast the dream Australian cast of Fiddler what? on the Roof. <laughs> They don't have to be Australian. You can't just change the rules. My yeah, my pick for Tevia is not Australian. <laughs> Who is your pick for Tevia? Mandy Patinkin. I want Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> don't hate it. Why Why would you hate it? No. It's a great choice. I actually had Mandy Patinkin for Lazar Wolf, the, yeah. uh, the butcher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I the mean, butcher. we spoke about him before. I know I still can't remember his name. Who played opposite Robert Williams in... Harvey Feierstein. Yeah, I could go that. Would struggle to As sing a, it. A Lazar Wolf. Yeah. I know, but I want to hear that yeah. too. Can we just stop and talk for a minute about how cool that name is? Laser Wolf. I, yeah. should, I should play Laser <laughs> Wolf in the, in the version that I did. And, and we kept we kept making the reference to uh, Dodgeball. They have names like Laser and Blazer. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then, and then when we Do you think his brother is Blazer, Blazer Wolf? Wolf? I just I assumed as much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it's just a cool name. It is, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, Mandy Patinkin is, is my big pick. I, I, I would love to see Mandy Patinkin. I would be Patinkin surprised if well. he hadn't played it somewhere along the line. Perhaps. Um, Maybe not on the Broadway. Having not uh, 
seen any uh, any of the productions. I honestly, I don't particularly. I have seen the movie. I don't particularly rate Zero Mostel as a Tevia. I think it's Topple in the film. I was going to say, I, ha- film, I haven't seen that film. Oh wait, Topple is it? Topple's in the film. film. Zero Mostel did the the original the original version. And didn't Topple yeah. do it again really he recently? Mate, yeah, he did it in, in Australia. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. in yeah. two thousand seven. I think. How old is he? Like a hundred? He's getting on. <laughs> they were very similar performances in many ways, though, and they were the two that kind of originated maybe it, stage and film. Did Zero do like a Tony's you've performance? Seen, probably, maybe because I my money is on the fact that you've seen Top. I have seen the movie, but I have very strong memories of seeing Zero. I'm like, oh, I I enjoyed like seeing Topple in the Australian cast. However, it was slightly oh. tainted because I think he might have been a bit of a diva. Mm. So, like, I went in knowing that. Sure. And then it kind of tainted it for me. But still really good. For, for me, in the uh, sort of the, uh, the spirit of, of it being a story for everyone and colorblind casting and, and what have you, I've always really liked the idea of Idris Elba playing um, Tevye. Oh, I think yes. he's got the gravitas and the, yes. and the lightheartedness to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he can sing or not, but it doesn't matter to me. If it's Dreamcast, he can okay. sing in my dreams. Why not? You know? <laughs> um, and then Nick Offerman as well. Is also, Nick wow. Offerman. Yeah. I think you make a great Tevia. Have we just found the same fun fact? Harvey Firestein? Yes. Has played it. Has played on it. On Broadway. When, yes. when? He was a replacement in oh. 2004 revival. That would have uh, 2004. Been, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Topple left the tour in November 2009 due to torn muscles. He was replaced by Harvey Feinstein. Yeah, awesome. Maybe He's done it a bit as well. Yeah, this is anyway. the North American production. Uh, going again colorblind, maybe even Norm Lewis. Yes. Um, Absolutely. <gasps> yeah. Just again, you need that gravitas, that weight mm. that you're carrying with you. It's a it's a powerhouse performance from start to finish. I think especially on stage, yeah. you can't cut away role, from it. So you are there a massive. lot of the time. Can we also then put Audra McDonald in as Goldler? Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Was my, she was my first choice That would Goldler. be delicious yeah. as a pairing. I would... Uh, the, yep. You know? I want to... S- and if it was an older Tevye, I actually think Streisand would be a fantastic Goldler as well. Oh, she would nice. too. Yeah. Again, I'm thinking I'd be surprised if she hasn't done it. It's, it's possible. I, I honestly Oh, let's know. see. Just command find. Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Strong. Do we have any, any strong feelings about um, Zettel or Hurdle? or Zettel or Hurdle? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think um, I think um, Mottle, uh, just that kind, of, that kind of awkwardness Mottle. about him with Mottle. Um, I'm sure this has been thought of by many people is obviously Ben Platt. Um, yeah. Josh, Josh Groban could do it too. Um, uh, maybe the height might be an issue, but... Has Josh Groban done it? Possibly. I have like, maybe that was a fever dream. <laughs> fever dream like casting. He's I've done seen him do Mottle. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Josh I'm, not, Groban I'm not sure. I tried to blank my mind. Or maybe of, per cheek. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, and Zach Efron is my is my perchick. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks, buddy. Hashtag, that's my perchick. Um, <laughs> or um, David Diggs, I think, could do it really, really well as well. Oh, yeah. um, I think he would be a stunning perchick because he's kind of a, a rebel and um, mm. needs to sort of be effortlessly sexy while talking about how the Bible is actually a Marxist, <laughs> uh, you know, tale. And and I think David could pull that off. I'd I'd listen to him, you know, rattle so off some some Frederick Angles. Well. No, well, flattering those eyes at me. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Yenta, I actually do think Barbara Streisand would be quite a good Yenta as well. Sure. Yeah. I think she could be maybe not your traditional Yenta, but you're like, oh, hey, I'm here, Yenta. Well, Are well, you saying that because she's done the matchmaker role in Hello, Dolly? 
No, but now yes. That wasn't originally what I intended, but I just see her as like a... Have I got a match for you? <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing about Yenta, just really quickly, as a character as well, is unlike everyone else in the show who was supposed to be an honest portrayal of what that might look like, um, Bok and Harnik just amalgamated all of the uh, sort of annoying women two <laughs> generations above them that they'd had to deal with as children. And it's a, it's a really pa- it's a parody, that character. Yeah. You know, that's it's kind of funny. Well, good. It's, it needs a few laughs. And then this one's for you guys as well, because I know you like to cast him in things. Uh, Fiedka, who's the... Uh, the, the Christian boyfriend of the uh, the youngest of the three oldest daughters, Hava, yeah. uh, Tom Holland, okay. or oh, yeah. because Tevye ultimately rejects him, Elliot Page, <laughs> just because of the direction. Yeah, yeah. I would. <clears throat> I I think you know you look to the most marginalised community, and it's certainly um, been easy for some people to ignore and dismiss them. And I think that could be a really yeah a, a really powerful way to play it. Yeah. Okay. Done. Sounds like we've cast this to yeah. the yeah. letter. I would, I would watch this show. Okay. <laughs> let's let's call them and ask them how they feel about dancing with bottles on their head and we'll Do get it started. Do you have Norm Lewis's number? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Hang yeah, on. Sorry. We'll All just right, get well, it. we'll take a break and we'll come back yeah. after that, yeah? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, we did that. Top five. <sighs> I didn't do the song, though. I just needed to... <clears throat> Top five. Oh, any excuse. Too late. Any excuse will do. <laughs> okay, so we have to put Fiddler on the Roof on um, top five lists. Which top five lists are we putting it on? We'll start the easy ones first. Top five Yiddish most... Yiddish musicals. <laughs> well, I was going to say most revived musicals. Yes. Okay, yeah. Technically, yep. yeah. Top yeah. five most That's an actual musicals. top five. Yeah. That one, they've got statistical data <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to underpin. I like it. Um, it it has been completely translated into Yiddish. I don't know how many shows have had that. So I'm gonna put it on top Makes me think of West Side with the with the tran- uh, translation into Spanish. Mm. Yeah, as well. Yeah, but not Yiddish. Not Yiddish. No. no. <laughs> translated for cultural um, uh, purposes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, musicals that have held up over time, especially over that length of time, in terms of their relevance. Mm. Uh, for me, it's probably number one from that far back in terms of how relevant it is. It definitely beats out Greece, which <laughs> knocked it off of the the, the longest running musical. Um, I can't believe that. That is that's the saddest thing that I found in in looking for information about the show. Look, we can't it deny that Greece was very running. popular at the time, but like like we're saying right now. Uh, yes, Fiddler. but you nasty is the point. Fiddler is more long lived. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's surprising how well it is held up because like you, often now you look at musicals and you're like, okay, I'll go back to a fave. Fiddler's a fave. Let's just see how this fares. Yeah. And like I kind of go in skeptical to all musicals I love now, and I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> let's have at it. A couple of your guests in the past have made uh, have deleted musicals where they're really not that old. Things like Avenue Q or mm. um, uh, Book of Mormon, 
which you know, yeah. less than a decade old for one of those and two for the other, and have just said like they've aged horribly even in that yeah. period of time. So it's just you know when you look at you know sixty four, what's that? Yeah, fifty sixty years ago now, close to seventy. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. so quite a while. And then I, I had a, a, just a one for fun musicals that G- Gillette would never sponsor because <laughs> everybody has beards. So, right, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> a little slow, but we got there. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Um, top five, top five most Yiddish words in a musical, um, even in the and non-Yiddish version. Until the nanny, the musical comes out. Yes. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I live in dread of that particular day. Oh, um, how dare you! It's in, it's in production. It's in the works. I know. It's getting there. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, good. I'm glad that you have this joy in your life. I do not share gonna it. Going to bring it to the show. I'm going to make you suffer. That's fine. Any other top fives for Fiddler <laughs> on the Roof? Top five shows to be named after a character that isn't in it. I was just going to say, where the titular character is not that titular. Is a metaphor. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> Julie loves metaphors. It's a metaphor? It's a metaphor. There's a physical fiddler, though. <laughs> yeah, but a physical person would still be a metaphor. Kind of. Yeah. The pies existed in Waitress, but they're still a metaphor. Wait, what? Oh no, we went through this. We went through this, didn't we? we that's did. that's. I still don't get that metaphor. Anyway, um, any more? Any more? Any more? Last call. Last call. Top five. The only one. the only thing I would just add is uh, uh, one thing that Bok and Harnik have talked about over the years is how this has kind of been eaten up as everyone's story, and so I would say that lends itself to probably being one of the most versatile musicals for casting, especially in like a, a learning setting. You know, at a university, it's got so many, it's such a breadth of roles that have at least something to them where you can do some learning. Mm. Um, but yeah, versatile in terms of casting I'd say it's, yeah. it's right up there yeah. I don't really think about it as an ensemble show because so much of it seems to revolve around Tevya yeah. but the oh, rest of the cast but boy uh, did we scram some, cram some ensemble on stage <laughs> when I did it. there were 70 cast members yeah. wow 70 that's a lot that's a lot and a massive house that's a lot of shawls it's a lot of shawls <laughs> it's a lot of shawls so many shawls yeah. um, top five shawl shows Mm-hmm. I think we're yep. done. Yeah. I think we're done. I think if we're, if we're think... digging up the shawl, uh, the shawl category, <laughs> then we might be done. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this show with us, Rex. Thank you for having me. Rex, it was an absolute pleasure. I have a very prestigious gift to give you. Oh, um, yeah. As the show's statistician, I thought it only appropriate that you receive some payment for the statistics I never could be bothered to do. You're getting your very own set of musicals from Everything I Know he- headbuds, earbuds, what earbuds. Are earbuds, earbuds, and a sticker. Oh, these are magnificent! And a sticker. <laughs> Goodbye, AirPods. Actually, those. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs AirPods when you can be plugged in? Actually, yeah. Unless they're... AirPods are one of your sponsors, in which case, go out and buy AirPods. <laughs> you can buy AirPods for those times when you know you don't have a headphone jack. Um, yeah, I actually <laughs> it doesn't fit in my phone. I'll make it work. Um, but but you can. It comes in that cute little case with our logo on it, and you can also fit one of those little adapters for your iPhone. You sure there. can. Yeah, because that's what I've got in mind. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, anyway, enjoy that. Uh, you Thank can you use so those much. headphones to listen to more episodes of the podcast and keep taking down some, some stats. <laughs> Make sure that you include uh, what you've deleted today, which I will. was. 
It was Phantom of the Opera in, in one universe and, and The Lion King in another. In another. Which answer so would you like to accept? Because I, I have to... I'll, take, I'll take your first answer. All right. I'll take mm. Phantom. Yep. Because we were not in the alternate universe of Zane hosting. It has been hosted by me, Miranda. So... Um, I, I believe the rules, though, were... Well, it was an open discussion <laughs> and, like, you had one Anywho, version I had another. Is there another. anything you've got going on at the moment you'd like to plug, Rex? Uh, not really. Um, I've wanted to sort of take a moment to just first of all thank you all thank you so much for having me it's been an oh, absolute pleasure thank you um, the, I think it's really important when you're in a position like this especially when you don't have something going on yourself to platform for those who might not otherwise have an opportunity I think it's incredibly important right now in terms of representation in Australia to make sure that at a foundational level we are making sure that the most diverse group of people are getting opportunities to train and build and develop their skills so with that in mind I had a word with um, ACPA the uh, Aboriginal Centre for Performing Arts here in Brisbane a couple yep. of weeks ago um, knowing I was coming on the show and they gave me the heads up that I could give them a plug their audition will be in January awesome. uh, so if it is something that you're interested in doing if you're a young First Nations uh, actor singer dancer and you want an opportunity to develop your craft it's an excellent place to do it it is Amazing. great yeah. and it's a, they've got a beautiful building down there under um, under the bridge it sounds like but it's nice <laughs> <laughs> And it is also a great venue um, if anyone's looking for a venue hire space. um, All their profits do go back into um, their training and support services. So um, a great organisation to plug and support. Thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) And we'll put links in the show notes. We will, as we always do. Um, So if you want to find out more about us, Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know is in all the usual places on the socials, blah, blah, blah. Um, And you can become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com musicals taught me everything I know they know where to find just look it up you can find it I don't know. it's not like anyone's sitting there with a pen waiting for this moment going no I've got to write imagine down imagine if the this handle. was the, the one episode they're like I'll write down the handle next week at musicals teach me there you go and um, taught me depending on or taught me yeah um, musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us um, an email um, about anything we'd love to read yeah. it um i think that's the plugs so keep listening enjoy the um the festive season yeah that is continuing um happy hanukkah um it's gonna be christmas and our special episode See next, you week. next week with christmas and then it'll be new year before you know it 2020 will be over Transition. bye <laughs> bye, bye. bye. History is a fascinating field that is unfortunately massive on a scale that beggars comprehension and is not always easily accessible, especially when we're talking about the complex issues of human rights abuses and government oppression that surround genocides. Here at Genistory, we agreed to do this. We aim to change that. Join me on the 15th of every month as we take a comprehensive overview of the field of genocide studies, the various genocides throughout history, and the representation of genocide in fictional media. Together, we're going to help ensure that never again is more than just a slogan. You can find Genistory wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast.